Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. Today I'm speaking with Parisa Sultani, an integrated psychotherapy counselor, about the mental impact of excessive data consumption. Parisa calls this state cognitive obesity, and we explore why we simply cannot cope with the current urgent onslaught of information coming at us. We also get into what humans have to do right now to try and save our brains. Teresa. Hello. Hello. Um, we're talking because you've written a piece for Live Healthy. Yeah. About something like a term I hadn't heard before, cognitive obesity. Yeah. Um, can you just tell me how you came to that term and what you mean by it? Um, it developed uh, from seeing so many of my clients coming to me with very similar symptoms in a pattern that I was noticing over a period of time. And so I started taking notes and I noticed that apart from just depression and anxiety, um, there was descriptions like brain fog, memory loss, attention span is unable to focus. Um, So I noticed that it directly came after periods of being exposed to things on social media or having conversations, particularly around COVID, Mm -hmm. um, that people were just essentially caving themselves in with data and then not being able to wave their way out of it and being overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, so, So I sort of started to look at the depression and anxiety from my clients as the surface thing and I needed to find out where that was coming from and I found a large coincidental relationship between lots of information and data and this deep hole that people were getting into and not being able to get out while still trying to get connection and be social and you know keep up with all of their commitments so that's where the idea developed from it's always inspired by my clients and trying to figure out ways to communicate uh, because I know that the brain likes to compartmentalize and I know that we like to label things and once we can label it in a concrete way it makes it easier to understand and once we can understand it it's easier to tackle so I'm always trying to find creative ways to um, label things and compartmentalize so that we all have a better understanding of what's going on. So that's where it came from. It it resonates with me because, and I think it will resonate with people because we hear a lot about the dangers of social media, but, and we hear a lot about data overload, but we, when you're a person trying to keep up, 
<clears throat> with the world and you're listening to podcasts and you're reading and you're watching news and you're reading newsletters and your email and everything. It's a different kind of thing than the problem they talk about with social media, I feel like. And that's why this like nailed it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when that's happening, can you just sort of explain what's happening in our brains? Because I had this happen multiple times in COVID where I was just like, I can't find out one more thing or like almost shut down. And I've heard other people talk about it. Yeah. What's, yeah. yeah, what's going on in the brain actually? Um, well, before I tell you that, you've brought up a good point and that is that we are trying to keep up. And historically, if you look at our evolution, um, in our tribes or in groups, people that were not in the loop were on the outskirts and might die. <laughs> like right. it's a threat. You know, it's a survival thing that you need to be up to date. You need to know what your peer group is doing. You, you can't be left behind. It's a survival mechanism. Yeah. Um, so we're constantly needing to be on top of the latest podcast, on top of the latest TikTok, on top of everything, because we have a fear intrinsically of being left behind. Um, the only difference is, is that we, we, we don't have that danger anymore, but the brain and the mind still treats it that way. Um, so that's the first thing I wanted to say, but in the brain, with all of this data overload that's happening, it's not necessarily social media. You can unsubscribe and you can close all of your news feeds giving you depressing news and you still will go down and talk to your neighbour or your best friend will pop over or someone will come and just essentially force feed you information that you were trying to block out, right? So it's not just, uh, social media or the internet it's it's everywhere um, and what happens in the brain is it's like a burnout it's the information that we're presented with is all being kept in the working memory which is short-term memory and we only have the capacity to hold up to 10 things at a time and this information is essentially enough for you to from a communication, take what you need to just get to the next step. And our whole day is being filled with that kind of information. When we only have the capacity optimally for like five things, maybe three, and maximum 10. But think about the amount of just memes and one-liners and headlines and articles and phrases and podcasts and things that your mum said and then this person says we're constantly being fed and bombarded even images you know you're driving and there's just advertisement after advertisement that you have not had the time to process and not allowing the brain to eat again the brain loves to compartmentalize it either needs to say we're disregarding this or we're going to come back to it later or I have an emotional attachment to it and we're storing it into the long-term memory, something. Something needs to happen. Otherwise, you become cognitively obese, piles on, 
right? And it just gets bigger and bigger and you burn out. Mm-hmm. You burn out. What, what's a sign, what are signs of that? Like is the irritation one is like, well, like how do you feel? Yeah. It's, it's all the things that, I mean, there's so many different things and it's individual as well. But um, definitely being irritated, depression and feeling anxious mm-hmm. because you can't keep on top or you haven't signed the latest petition for this week's world problem. It's, it's that feeling of, of this weight of overwhelming issues in the world that your brain just hasn't had time to process. Mm-hmm. You don't even know if it's real or not real. Yeah. Okay. But you haven't given yourself time to sieve through and see if it's worth exploring, if it's worth putting your energy into, if it's we don't allow ourselves the time. So it's definitely depression. It's definitely feeling anxious, irritated, forgetting things, just driving and you don't know how you've gotten there. You don't notice the sky. You don't notice anything around you. It's lack of focus, not being able to um, stick to one task mentally without reaching for your phone or just thinking about something else completely other than what is present. Yeah. That explains, um, like, I mean, I know people are feeling all of that. And even if you're like, okay, I'm not going to look at social media. I'm not, you mentioned running into someone who tells you the, the latest government change that's affecting you, uh, or, you know, the latest sort of theory about COVID like that to me is something that shuts me down. Like I'll be, I've taken care of my, like, what do you, how do you take care of yourself so that you don't like, you can take care of all that. You can say, I'm not going to read anything today, but how do you take care of when someone like comes at you? Yes. Well, uh, the way to deal with that again is, is one is to really know yourself and one of the things of one of the issues of becoming obese is not knowing how to remove waste right so you can't block your ears and eyes for the rest of your life the things that you can control the media that comes to you that you can control do it if you know that at these particular times or forever you just don't not handle having this amount of information or this type of information it's genetic it is lots of different reasons why if you have if you can control it do it but we can't always so the way to remedy that is the same with physical obesity okay so you go to a dinner party and it's a wedding or something where you need to eat things that you know are not particularly nourishing for your body and are not going to be healthy right you can't not eat it and just be the person that it's it's easier with fruit than than it is with uh information Mm -hmm. so what you need to do is be able to remove waste like wash off data from yourself and go through that process of waste removal and also the more cognitively fit you are, the more robust that barrier is. Okay. So when the information is coming to you, you're not absorbing it immediately like a sponge. You have a barrier because you have got that strength of cognition to judge 
yeah. uh, problem solve, you have perception. So these are all the things that are involved with cognition. It's problem solving, thinking, planning, perception, imagination. Yeah. So the fitter you are mentally, the more able you are to, okay, you've heard this information that is not particularly great for you or you don't want to hear it at that time or you've reached your capacity of 10 items for that moment, you can disregard it. You can subjectively look at it and say, okay, I may need it later or I may not. Okay. But the process is there. Does that make sense? So it's like you have to be really strong-minded to protect your strong mind. Like you have to at the outset. You have to practice. Okay. Yes, you have to practice cognitive fitness. And most of what we do during our day is not practicing cognitive fitness at all. We are just consuming. So what's like, okay, if someone comes to you and says they have this problem, what's like practical things that you tell them to do? Depending on the severity. Um, but I mentioned in my article this detox data plan. Um, and that's, you know, for, for severe cases. But in general, um, one is putting away your screen as much as possible. But the first thing is to, I usually do cognitive tests. And then we have a chat, so education about what's happening in the brain and in the mind. Um, and then I involve you. So again, this is not a passive thing. We all, we all need to stop waiting for someone else to come and tell us what we need to do. You need to tell me. And we use the same tricks that social media uses. You know, all the songs that loop on TikTok, mm -hmm. it's, the same songs, but with a little bit of variance because that's what the brain likes, okay. okay? So we introduce things that are in your comfort zone, but with a little bit of variance, and then we increase it as you go. So involve my clients, like you need to choose, you need to make a choice. No external entity is gonna ever know you better than you know yourself. Okay. So we need to come out of this mentality of what can I do? You have to think. I will force you to think. So, okay. <laughs> and then there's a bunch of nothing groundbreaking. Okay. It's nature, it's reading, it's looking at the underlying causes of why you're responding that way to certain data. And also looking at are you lonely? Are you bored? Are you? hungry I don't know what why do you need to spend all this time do you feel whatever it is looking at those underlying causes and then addressing those and replacing it with something that is healthier so that the ultimate game goal sorry is sustainable information consumption so we do the data detox so that we can sustainably take information in Right. not this constant burnout and then our brains are just shrinking yeah you know what like I think COVID like I know for me and a lot of people it's just it's like the layer on top that makes it not able and not it makes you not able to handle it like you're, you're handling handling and then you have you know a family member out here who's going to tell you how bad COVID is and it's going to repeat the news to you and then you have a friend over here who's going to tell you that 
what what's going to happen with the vaccines, you know? And it's like, you know, but you hang around them. But then when like, this happens to me all the time, I'll talk to a family member and I'm like, oh, like I, I almost dislike the person that's telling me their side yeah. of COVID. I, I get angry at them because I, I came to them calmly and like reasonably and they're, and they're calm and reasonable too. But it's just the, like, I didn't, I don't want to talk about it. Can you walk yeah. around and say, I don't want to talk about this? Like, is that a way to protect yourself? Yes, you can do that. Absolutely. Depending on the relationship you have with the person, obviously, but absolutely you can. It's, it's like having a gluten intolerance and saying, I can't eat that. Yeah. At this point in my life, because of whatever, I've had a disease or I'm sick or whatever, I cannot eat. This is my diet right now. So right. if you want to share a meal with me, then that's what we need to have. Otherwise, I can't. And try not to attach an emotion to the entire person because I'm sure it's coming, you know, out of the goodness of their heart or maybe they're stressed and they, they want someone to connect with so that it lowers their stress. For you, it has the completely opposite impact. So they need to speak to someone that's more similar to them and you need to speak to someone who is understanding of your gluten intolerance and is mindful of that. Um, but there's a balance. You can't completely mollycoddle yourself and wrap yourself and just say, we can't talk about this. At the same time, build your cognitive fitness. Okay. Don't become a sponge that just immediately absorbs everything that anyone says. Keep it out and then decide what parts are going to be taken in. Um, and it's really difficult to do. But it can be done. It, I guess you call those boundaries too, right? Is that like you? you just, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Protecting yourself. Um, yeah. In keeping with like the obesity fitness theme, one thing that's been changing in recent years is the notion of calories in, calories out. And if you just followed a certain diet, you would lose weight. And realizing humans are individual creatures and they change from person to person. Every single brain is different. Okay. It's the same for brains. That's why my friend can just seem to like, she just reads everything and just seems not bothered ever. And I'm just, and it makes me feel like such a weakling that I'm sort of like, ah, oh, you know? No, not a weakling. We're all just very different. It's, it's exactly the same. Your genetics, your hormonal profile at the time, everything affects the way that you take data in or take information in. And you also have to remember that we're not blank canvases. So all of the information that you're taking in is being taken in by a being that is biased already. There's no removal of that. So depending on your upbringing, it's the way that you take information in and it changes day to day. I think the, the shift in mindset of thinking about a person as a Thing rather than a process we're a process it's an ever-changing thing that's going on so it's not that you're weaker or someone else is stronger it's just if there's just difference that's yeah. it um and the reasons behind it are varied genetics is a big one and upbringing is a big one as well so 
if you if you've lived in a household where you've listened to hardcore rap as a baby, then it's easier for you to hear that and hear each lyric when you grow up. It sounds familiar to your ear. You can consume it easier versus someone who's never heard it before and just hears a bunch of jumbled up words. Doesn't mean that, that person is weak. It means that they haven't been exposed or they just have a different background. And it changes day to day, minute to minute. So you got to really know yourself and know what stage you're at to sort of gauge that. But it's definitely not that anyone's weaker or anything like that. It's just varies. It's almost like how you couldn't expect to have a healthy diet in the week if you didn't make a plan of what you were going to have at home or how you were going to feed yourself. Right. It's almost like, okay, so this week, this is what I need to do to keep myself um, so everyone talks about meditation and then everyone has such a hard time meditating. Well, like, what do you to do? Cause well, I meditate and I know a lot of people use apps to do guided meditation, but that almost feels like it's more information almost. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I've come across a lot is that again, people don't take time during the day to think. And one of the reasons why it's such a struggle to meditate is because it's the only time in the day that you've paused long enough to take some of those things from your working memory and process them. Your brain is like, finally, I have a second to just be like, okay, that was irrelevant. I need to come back to that. Or I felt bad about this. Or I don't want to do that again. That's the only time in your day is when you stop to meditate, but then you can't meditate because that's the only time you have to think. So my first thing I say is give your time, give yourself separate thinking time. Um, allow your mind just time to think and process. Um, and I don't know about apps. I've never used a meditation app, so I can't comment on that. Um, what I do know about being in a meditative state and mindfulness is it doesn't have to be in that traditional form. So if you're, if you're just focused on one thing that is healthy, that's a meditation. So if you're in nature, if you are writing, if you are doing something where you look at the time and it's flown, this is a meditation. It doesn't have to be this rigid, structured thing that another electronic device is imposing on you um we are so much more complex than compartmentalizing okay this this thing is going to give me that there's so much other data you're missing out of from being in nature and meditating that way that we can't even comprehend so um the first thing is to give yourself time to think and it doesn't have to be a traditional method of meditation it can be movement it can be yoga it can be the gym it can be literally anything that is healthy and i guess yeah because it's so tempting to put on a podcast or put on a show and then end up watching four shows because binge watching is like completely normalized it's completely normal to watch i mean it's like a term it was like normalized for years but then you're still like taking in even reading yes 
even even if you're like reading relaxes me it's lovely but you're still <laughs> yeah yes you are still taking in but depending on what you're reading so if you're reading fiction for example that's well written the yes you are consuming information but the cognitive um it's like having a protein shake after you go for a workout right so you are still you've just done a workout so the reading part is your workout you use your imagination you have to use perception you have to use a whole bunch of cognitive functions and they strengthen while you're reading so especially good fiction mm -hmm. so that kind of mediates the consumption but you're you're using that energy and it's strengthening your mind that will translate into all other areas of your life so that's a good that's a good thing the, the protein shake after a workout or before a workout is a good thing to do um and the the netflix thing it you know binge watching i just <laughs> it boggles my mind and so the the annual revenue for netflix in 2020 was 25 billion and we are sitting around thinking Netflix and chill, it's in songs, it's in pop culture now, came from the inside out. But it's like all other creepy things that start from the outside in. And it slowly became normalised. At any other point in history, if any of my friends or family said to me, I've just watched five episodes or five hours of something, I would, has someone died? Is something wrong? What is going on with you? why would you do that but now honestly we're texting each other it's like a drug deal uh what have you got what's on what's what's good i need this can you recommend something like i'm waiting it's so oh. completely almost normalized it's and crazy now they're even saying oh this is you can watch this in a weekend i'm what i'm like in a weekend it's it's like you would spend the end and then it's you can come into work and say oh i was uh you know i just i spent the whole weekend the fact that that's become normalized is one of the craziest things sitting like a zombie inside binging on anything means that there is something deficient in your life and you are trying to gorge yourself into a numbness binging on anything wow yeah. it's wow. true yeah even if it's an apple you can't sit and have five kilos of apples in one day yeah just not cool um do you think that we're gonna be okay our brains what's happening <laughs> um it's just a small question just a small question i think that uh there's still hope definitely i think we are going to be okay if if we start to come out of that infantile mentality that things need to be decided for us and we're these lost creatures. We're not. All of the things that you need to know are already inside of you it takes a little bit of effort. It's exactly the same as when we first got our phones. We didn't automatically know how to use them. It's an effort to learn how to use your laptop and your iPad and connect all the stuff. And But you go through it because you know it's necessary and you know it's good for you. Right. So it's exactly the same. Um, you have to go through that effort to protect your brain. We're, we're getting dementia younger. Mm -hmm. We are not able to process. We are not able to keep things in our memory. We're becoming 
less than what we are designed to be. We have the capacity. And you think, and is, and where's the data on, you know, rates of dementia and Alzheimer's are through the roof. And for like, for women, two thirds of the cases are women. And do you think this is connect? There's a million, like there are numbers of reasons, but yeah. do you think this is connected, this, this increase. Yes. And how? So there, there has been a direct correlation with increase of data in the working memory. Okay, so that short-term memory, which leads to memory loss and deficiency in uh, attention span, which affects your neural plasticity, which impacts diseases like dementia. Okay. Um, your ability to grow your brain and keep it agile is diminished. And so it's literally shrinking your brain, which is what happens in dementia. So that overload and overburdening your working memory, which is what all of the information on social media and most things that we're bombarded with is only focusing on that working memory. Okay. It's not being processed anywhere else. So all of those things targeting your working memory are essentially leading us towards, it's not the only cause, obviously, but it's leading us towards less us depression, anxiety, Everything. whole bunch of other things. And loss of creativity. Mm. You no, know, it's just a loss of creativity. Yeah, I mean, to get, you know, ideas just come in those quiet moments when you're in the shower or, you know, and we're having less and less of those moments. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you need to detox, data detox. Yes, and we will. What's the takeaway for people listening? What's the thing they can do this week? The thing they can do this week is ask themselves why they are using their screen so much and what that is replacing in their life and put the screens down and choose, make a choice, choose something else. I can't tell you it's not a one size fits all. I don't want to tell you. The whole point of the exercise is for you to think. So spend some time thinking, write it down, draw a picture, go and sit in nature, sit underwater, whatever you need to do. But put the screen away, ask yourself some questions and give yourself time to think. That's amazing. Well, Even though we, we have that, you know, the, the dopamine dispenser, you know, it's like the Pez thing. Remember those lollies? <laughs> it's easy. It's easy. But... We have those dopamine dispensers all around us. Go and hug someone. Go and spend time with your animals. Go and spend time with a tree. Read a book. Listen to good music. Cook something. Stop going to drive through. Okay. Metaphorically. Metaphorically. That's yeah. great. That's great. Thank you. And you can go and read Priest's articles. Um, She's written uh, several now and the cognitive obesity is at uh, livehealthymag.com. And thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you, Emily.
That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.